0: You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss what it means to have an inner critic. Critical thoughts that seem to control us can be confronted and cared for. Listen in as Candace and Cher give three things we can do when critical thoughts arise.
1: Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. I'm excited to be with you this week as we have been processing trauma out loud off camera and just looking at something that we brought up last week about what does it mean to have an inner critic. Our discussion today, we really just want to give our listeners three things that we do when we notice that we have critical thoughts towards ourselves, towards others. And we're going to be using a little bit of what is called internal family systems language. You may hear, well, you're definitely going to hear part. Like we have parts of us that are excited about something, but we also have a part that's also scared about something. And those things can coexist at the same time. And you may hear about what we call a protector part. We're not going to go deep into explaining everything about IFS, but this is a modality that I know you and your coach work with every time you meet. And you were even, I think, exposed to it before you started working with your current coach. And so it's been something that's helped you tremendously. And it's definitely helping me tremendously as I've gotten to just learn more and understand what is this thing about PARTS? And we want to talk about the inner critic part today. We're going to talk about three things. And I'm curious, what is the first thing that you do when you notice that you have critical thoughts going on in your head?
2: So I, and maybe I'll back up and say what I used to do, because I have had a long and very close relationship with my inner critic and struggled for a lot of my life with just any time I would do something or say something or show up in a particular way or relate to people, whatever, I would get hammered. I would yeah. feel like, oh, why? I would hear messages like, oh, why did you say that? That was dumb. Or why did you do that? Everybody will know that blah, blah, blah. It was just, incessant. I felt like the inner critic, my inner critic was always chattering in my ear about some way that I had failed. And this was just something that I lived with. As far back as, as I can remember, that kind of chatter has gone on in my head. I didn't ever know what to do about it. I just thought, well, that's that's the way life is, just that inner conflict. But as I have done Parts work. And as we have done so much work with story work and tuning in, slowing down, all the things that we talk about on the podcast. So now, when I notice that my inner critic is popping up and having something to say to me, I am much more quick to recognize it, even if I'm not quick. But when, as soon as I recognize that my inner critic is speaking messages to me, I'm very quick now to stop what I'm doing turn my attention toward that young part of of me. So slow down. I'll put my hand on my heart. Usually I'll take a breath and then I'll just, it's like I'm turning to look toward that part and saying, oh, you are feeling like I did something that was wrong or bad or putting us in danger or Going to bring criticism, right? Wasn't good enough, whatever. I I notice that you're feeling that, and I'm just wondering what happened. So I, I I just talk to in my mind. I just talk to my my young part that way with mm-hmm. gentleness, as though she is a little child because she is so i just come with a a very tender heart toward that part of mine now instead of just trying to shut it down and get past it or try harder do do more try harder measure up that was kind of my motto through life do more mm-hmm. try harder measure up mm-hmm. now i can turn toward that part with gentleness and say oh baby girl i'm hearing that your your message but i'm wondering what are you afraid of mm-hmm immediately i will just feel the the tension usually almost right away i will feel the tension leave my body and i will feel just a softening toward the entire way that i feel just changes
1: yeah i'm i'm thinking about how i was introduced to this concept of parts that i've actually see very clearly in scripture by the way at first It felt, and and this is common, we may have felt this way or we hear other people say, okay, that's just weird. I mean, that was me. It took me about a year to even start moving towards my parts. So what I want to say is it is not so much that we have to have an exact, the the right language. Okay. A part, a young child within you that was wounded and got stuck. A little, which is kind of the same thing, but your inner child sometimes just being able to say a very wounded part that still needs healing. So we, we want to make space for the truth is we have these places that that were stuck in a wounding. They didn't get help and healing in real time, and, and they didn't just go away. That that wound didn't just heal on its own, it needed, it needed assistance. And so I want to just mention that because I I don't want anybody to tune out that feels that this is weird.
2: Yeah. And I I appreciate you saying that. And I think the reality is, is that when we have had complex childhood trauma, not even just that any kind of trauma fragments us, but when we have had complex childhood trauma, in childhood, our brain fragmented just to survive. Yeah, and and those fragments often show up in these what we call parts. And mm-hmm. some people will will recognize it like exactly what you're saying. As I have my 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 inner child,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and other people will say my inner children. <laughs> yes. And and have come to recognize more than one part. And it, it's kind of irrelevant in a way for our conversation today. But I like your clarification that I, I don't know anyone who, who doesn't have an awareness of that inner child.
1: Yeah, because really it's about conflicting desires, conflicting thoughts. I'm in my 50s and yet I feel so young and immature in this or there's confusion there this framework can bring such compassionate understanding to the inner conflict that we have within. Yes. So I want to say number 1, you're you're pausing, you're slowing down, you're noticing and hearing this critical voice. So I want to go to point 2, which is and you did talk about it, but moving towards instead of shutting down or moving away from whatever that criticism is. Do you have a specific example?
2: Last week or two weeks ago, I talked about creativity and awakening our creativity. And I talked a little bit about that I am preparing a course that will be available for purchase online that is called Art and Healing Beginning Watercolors. So over the last week, I recorded my painting sessions. After I finished the first one, I noticed that I I noticed something different in me. I finished it and I felt calm. Mm -hmm. Where normally I would have finished it and immediately I would have had a hundred thoughts of, ah, I wish I would have said that, or oh, I I messed up, you know, or oh, I used the wrong color. All of these critical thoughts would have just come in a barrage. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I felt calm and I it it felt a little bit unusual and and almost really kind of uncomfortable. And so then I went and I watched the recording. And as I watched it, I found myself feeling kind of this sense of joy of like, oh, I like mm-hmm. it. And oh, I said that. And that was, I'm, I'm so glad I said that. After I watched the replay, again, I did not have, I was not bombarded by my inner critic. I even turned toward my parts and just noted that, right? Like and really talked to them (laughs) and said, are we all good here? Because this feels really different. It felt like I had, rather than being in conflict and feeling the criticism and the judgment and the condemnation and needing to redo it two or three or five times, which, frankly, I kind of expected I would have Mm -hmm. to do. Instead of that, I felt this, I felt like it had been a flow. Like I was literally in a flow. And all my parts were in harmony mm. as I went through that process, and it was, I would say, a, a a profound change. Yeah,
1: from what it would have been for me in the past. It makes sense to me that you're moving more in that direction of feeling more joy over what you're creating. You have spent years. Caring for and tending to these critical parts that historically, when you were young, somehow tried to protect you from, from being seen. Yeah. Not only when I was young,
2: that's when it originated, but then throughout my whole life. I think in the past, I always felt this compulsion to silence the inner critic. If I could just get it to stop and to be quiet, or if I could just perform well enough so that I wasn't hammered with the criticism. Now, what I have learned is that when I get a sense that there's criticism, you know, that whether it's a a, a voice that I hear, the critical voice.
1: Yeah, we're going into step three, by the way.
2: Instead of just trying to silence it, turning toward it and, and being able to really hear, listen. I give this young part of mine a lot of affirmation for all of her hard work for for the burden that she carried for many, many years Mm. to keep me safe from danger, what she perceived as being danger. And if things were not perfect enough, if I didn't say it right, or if I didn't do it right, somehow she perceived that I was in danger. When I realized that it enabled me to move toward the the, the voices, the, the messages, the inner critic in a completely different way. You know, and we've talked about this so many times, right? The four S's. So now I see I and I move in and I listen. What are you afraid of, baby girl? Like, that's what I'll say. I put my hand on my heart. What are you afraid of, baby girl? And literally, like, I will get a message like, well, I'm afraid that somebody is going to criticize us, which you know, most likely that is going to happen. And so I can say that I know and that 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 never feels good, does it? And that might happen. And I know, but but we're not alone. Now we were alone back then. And Mm -hmm. we didn't know what to do. And so we strived to do everything right so that we wouldn't be hurt. But now, at least as far as I can see, I feel like we're safe. I feel like even if we are criticized that that we're not in danger and then i'll just ask that young part like do you hear what i'm saying like can you is there some danger that you see that i'm not seeing right like i'll just dialogue like that and then i'll listen and then i'll ask a question and then i'll listen such a tender beautiful interaction right you're reparenting
1: you're giving her what she needed when she was younger And and throughout her life. But now that she's being seen and being soothed by your words, and I will even say at times when you're in the presence of others, if we see her, we will soothe her too. Yeah. So she not only has you now, she has a few other people who know her. Yep. Oh, my gosh. She's so supported. Right. Which causes. Growth. Yeah. That type of support for a child helps them grow emotionally, helps them grow spiritually, helps them grow cognitively. Isn't it fascinating that we can help our parts grow up? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about my my grandson who is seven.
2: Sometimes, you know, he'll get really frustrated when he's trying to do something and he'll get frustrated. I, I remember, and this was something that happened a while back, but he just got so angry and he said, and he threw down his paintbrush, he was painting, he threw down his paintbrush and he said, I can't get it right. I'll never get it right. I'm no good. And I just, grabbed him. And I wrapped him up in a big hug. And I said, Oh, buddy. And I spoke and I know his mom and dad do this too. I spoke words of life and gentleness and tenderness. And I said, and I spoke some of these words, you are safe. You are loved. You are enough. You are, you know, and I just gave him words of affirmation. And then after he calmed and I said, "Can we try again. Are you, or do you feel like you'd be able to try again? And he said yes, and you know, and it went well. But I just felt like here's a here's here's what happens to us, right? That at some point when we're young, something happens, and there's not help. There's nobody was there to see us or or soothe us or bring us back into safe safety. And then we form beliefs. I can't do that particular thing, and so we are life becomes formed
1: so that we avoid doing that thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it it continues to steal something from us. And I mentioned to you something I had heard someone talk about the past or something coming up in us that we don't want to deal with. And she she mentioned in, we need to go in, but then we need to get out so we don't get stuck. And I agree with her except that why do we go in and what do we do once we're in so it matters it matters okay we've got this thing coming up we've got this little raising their hand saying i need attention we got this wound that's painful and resurfacing and so pausing and saying okay we're we're going to turn towards we're going to go in to sometimes what feels so hard and dark and and yet as we learn to know how to do this it's what we do in that space that matters how we come out. Absolutely. Yep. And so we've got to have more conversation on not just going in, because sometimes you have people like, oh, never go back to the past. Well, you can do that, except that means there's something of the past that's actually still controlling your life. Yeah. And so we, we've got to... And when I say we, I'm talking about, you know, me and you still process. It's like, okay, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a purpose for those three steps, slowing down, noticing, being aware of our bodies, being aware of the pain that's coming up. Number two, instead of denying it or shutting it down, turning towards it, moving close, getting curious. And number three, bringing those four S's is is the reparenting. It's the seeing, the soothing, bringing safety and therefore providing security. It changes everything
2: when mm-hmm. we can do that. It is a process of learning how to do that. It, but it's yeah. but it's but it's a sweet process. I think that's yeah. that's what I would want to say is that it's a sweet process.
1: Yeah, I want to mention that I have a a part That it's a critical, my, a critical part that says, so like, if I hear this part sensitive to outside criticism, well, that's just woo woo or some, something about the framework, the model, the, the system, right? This part will in the past kind of was driven to prove them wrong, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Through just gaining more knowledge and more understanding. And I'm telling you that part for me has, has just gotten less and less quiet as it's just this one simple thing. Is this working for you? Mm -hmm. Is this modality working for you? Are you experiencing more rest? Are you experiencing more safety and soothing and peace within? That's that's what we're looking for, right? More mm-hmm. healing, more joy. I'm able to let that part know, you know what? There will never be a time that 100% of people will agree on anything. We don't have to have the agreement of everyone. I didn't share that as eloquently as you talk to your parts, but I've learned from you and and how you've really moved towards those parts with such tenderness.
2: Yeah, and I'll and I will just say to that part of yours. Did <laughs> <if laughs> I just, I just may, compared,
1: Didn't um, I? I just compared.
2: I I would like to say to her, well done in being strong in thinking and analyzing and learning and acquiring knowledge because that is a beautiful part of you Candace you're hungry and thirsty to learn and to understand and to process it and to and so that part of you has brought that so much goodness to you that has actually helped you so much on your healing journey and then i will say this to that part the gift is gorgeous, but the burden part of it is too heavy. Mm-hmm. And if that young part of you can come to the place where she can lay down the burden part of it, mm-hmm. where it's not a compulsion and a drive to out of protection, but rather out of the gift of of just being hungry and thirsty to grow and learn,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's when you will have that just that 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 lovely sense of peace and flow and so i just say to that young part you know well done and mm-hmm. keep letting candace help you release the
1: burden yeah and i do believe that's happening more and more yeah it is, yeah, so, it is. Yeah. I mean good conversation today you know some of this we have more planned out some of it we don't but we knew that people have inner critics and this hopefully will help someone not feel a victim to their inner critic.
2: Believe that there is a way to, to move toward the inner critic that is different, possibly than anything that they've ever tried before. Yeah. And that it's counterintuitive in a lot of ways to move toward, but that when we do, the, the results are, have been for us just remarkable.
1: Mm, so true Mm. good to be with you today and I look forward to our next conversation that I'm not going to name because we don't even know yet
2: (laughs) (laughs) we don't but it will come but yes so good to be with you too Candice just love love doing this with you you too love
1: you friend
0: Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing. If you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandaceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.